everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are doing another graphic novelties. That's right. Two graphic novelties in one week. Two. We're doing this for you and not because we couldn't find a lot to talk about in the comics that came out this week. No, no. <laughs> We're giving you value here. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the books. It's, it's totally intentional and planned ahead. And, and on purpose. Exactly. Do, do you believe us? <laughs> Have we sold this? Anyway, today we're going to be talking about uh, The Exile by Diana Gabaldon. Yeah, Diana Gabaldon. Uh, this is illustrated by Huang Nguyen. Uh, it is an Outlander book. So Outlander is a pretty popular series of novels and TV show. Yep. Uh, they did a graphic novel, turns out. Yep. And it's a number one New York Times best-selling... Oh, wait. She, no, the author is New York Times. <laughs> the book... Meh. No. Um, so this is effectively like the first bit of the Outlander story as I understand it. I've never read the books or watched the show, so I don't have a lot to take from that. Uh, but my understanding of it is that it maybe is the f entirety of the first book or at least a portion of the first book in the series... Uh, but it's told more from the perspective of Jamie, who is the male main protagonist, uh, as opposed to the books and the show, which are told more from the perspective of Claire, who is the female. At least that's the pitch. I will say that in this book, we do spend a lot of time with Claire when Jamie's not present. Um, and we see a lot of her inner monologue. So they didn't do a really good job sticking to that kind of separation. But hey, what are you going to do? We you got to sell the same story in a different firm format some way. So I guess that's the way to do it. You do get some perspective also from his uncle, um, Murtaugh, I believe. Murtaugh. Um, which you allows us to get perspective beyond Claire's that you weren't ever privy to and know things that were going on in the background that Claire was not privy to because Claire wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So we do get a little of information, like a little prequeliness um like in the time just before claire arrives yep. um and and a little bit of context there and we get some like back vision stuff and it's it's just a different yep. perspective of the same story. so for those who don't know what outlander is outlander uh is for all intents and purposes a traipse through scottish history kind of uh it follows different clans warring for different power uh, the British are there being British. Uh, <laughs> but mixed into all this is a semi-mystical story of time travel using magical stones. Claire, who is a, I believe, World War II nurse. Yep. Uh, field nurse. Uh, and she has a fiancé off in her World War II world. Again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what leads her to these magical stones to end up in ancient Scotland. Uh, but she does, and now she's in Scotland and hanging with Scottish dudes and falling in love and finding romance and also misogyny and stuff. But she deals <laughs> with it. She handles it. Uh, and yeah, and the story is her getting acclimated to this world and finding love and falling for Jamie and deciding does she want to go back does she you know truly she runs into ancestors of her modern time fiance and they're not good people 
Uh, and yeah, this is just her kind of finding herself in this more hostile environment than what she's used to. Though I guess if she was a World War II nurse, she's used to hostile environments. Anyway, <laughs> T, what were your thoughts? So one of the things that I thought was really, really cool. So I have been prompted to read the Outlander series for a very long time and have not gotten around to it. Sorry, Mom. Um, mm-hmm. So I have known for a long time about Diana Gabaldon and the Outlander books and and all of the story and everything. Um, I've been very privy to it. However, I thought it was really cool that they did a graphic novel. And part of the reason why they did a graphic novel is because something I didn't know is that Diana Gabaldon started writing comics. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. She wrote comics for Disney, which I think is amazing. And such a, like, weird, small world, small literary world type of scenario. I think that's really, really cool. Um, So, apparently, when they wanted to, um, you know, market the Outlander series to do other things, she wanted to purposefully leave room that said if they ever wanted to do a graphic novel, she'd get to do it because she loved doing comics and she loved doing that format and she wanted to be able to be a part of that. And so eventually when they asked if she wanted to do it, she was like, heck yeah, let's make a graphic novel. And that's why one of the cool things about this is that it is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly a retelling. You know, there have been other literary works done in a graphic novel, like a graphic novel format. You've got, you know, uh, Emily Bronte books, you've got Jane Austen books, you've got all sorts of Mm. things that have been turned into graphic novels. But this one's cool because it's a little different. Like we said, it has a little bit of a different perspective. It's able to give a little bit of a different view on events that were taking place because the original author of the original books wrote this one too. Mm -hmm. So they were able to give it a little different spin. So I just think that was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It's very different than anything we've covered on the show, obviously. Absolutely. Um, if If you have no experience like myself with Outlander, you know, it's gonna be... It's a romance. It's about romance and mm-hmm. broody men and <laughs> broody women brooding together, making sweet brood in the brood light. <laughs> but it's cool. We don't usually get a lot of like, you know, pre entirely complete colonialization Scotland type stories. True. You know what I mean? Like Very it's true. it's Still kind of the Wild West of Scotland. Feels very Wild West in its own way. Uh, people, like, vying for power. The characters are fun. Jamie's an interesting dude. You know, is Scottish, but went off and lived in France for a while. So while he's still, you know, willing to climb into someone's window and club them over the head, he also has an appreciation of art and poetry and, you know, everything that makes him a sweet hunky scottish man it's not every day we get a comic that's written for the female gaze Mm -hmm. (laughs) which this very much is when you have a a male character who's like i'm soft and sensitive but Mm -hmm. i'll put you in your place when you want to be yeah (laughs) you don't get that all the time in comics the art is nice it's got a nice kind of watercolor style to it uh you know it has sexiness at times without being overly gratuitous uh, it's well done. It fits the narrative style of the book really, really well. Mm-hmm. Keeps the action without like being too over the top or too photo real. Like it doesn't. Some it sits somewhere nicely balanced between like standard comic art and like uncanny valley. We're gonna make this look like real people kind of stuff, which can be very uncomfortable. Which can be very uncomfortable. And then the story's fun. I mean, the characters are all really complicated. Uh, you know, kind of 
forcedly so at times, but with romance stories, it's kind of something that you run into. We actually made mention of that when we talked about uh, the Marry Me movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes to push a romance story, it's easier to just make people kind of a insufferable in how they handle certain (laughs) situations. Yeah. And that, you know, that plays in here. And you see uh, Claire kind of having to deal with these customs, like these old, old customs. And you see Jamie, who in his own right is also kind of ahead of his time. So Claire's literally ahead of this time. (laughs) And Jamie's kind of also ahead of his time, and but having to fit in and deal with like everything that's expected of him by his family and by the other clans. And yeah, people keeping who know his who he place is. so that he can keep his power but, while like, also being You know, like there's one scene where Claire messes up royally and so all the men in the clan are like, get up there and beat her. And, you know, it's it's very much a scene steeped in its time. And yeah. he and Claire have a conversation about it, about like, don't you don't you hit me, I swear to God. And, you know, it's this clash of she's from a different time when that's not okay. And he is kind of ahead of his time where he doesn't want it to be okay, but he's still in his time. So it's this interesting, like, you have people that are just steeped in these old traditions and old customs and old ways of handling the world. You've got this guy that's kind of trying to breach out of that. Yeah. And then you have someone who's literally out of it. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, Jamie's existing kind of somewhere in between. Uh, one of my favorite things about this book, honestly, is just I love it when characters are involved in some sort of weird supernatural shit and they explain it to someone they care about. And that person's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I love that. I So I have a little bit of a side project where I'm tracking the worst husbands in horror movies because <laughs> that's what happens is like there's so many horror movies where like, you know, the wife's at home, like she's usually like an artist. Because that's, like, all these horror movies are the same thing over and over. These ghost movies. They're, she's, like, a writer or a musician or an artist. And she's at home. And the husband's an architect or something stupid. And he's Makes off, a ton of money He's doing off something. doing something stupid. And they bought this old house. And she's like, this is hideous. And the kids are like, oh, man, I miss the city. And they're... <laughs> You know, everyone's pissed about it, but the husband's like, don't worry, family, this will be great for us. Smell that country air, blah, blah, blah. I'm a man. Even though I now have a three-hour commute to my job. Anyway, wife's (laughs) at home, and she's, like, standing near a piano, and the piano's like, hey, Barbara, how you doing? And she's like, ah! And then she tells the husband, like, the piano talked to me! And he's like, sure it did, honey. And that's, like, the entire movie. And then, like, finally, the ghost, like, appears, and the wife's like, look, it's a ghost. And the husband's like, no, it's just a trick of the light. And then the ghost like slaps the husband. And he's like, oh my God, did you know there were ghosts in the house? Now that I know it, it's real. And um, <laughs> It requires my mental capacity yeah. to confirm this reality. Now that I have accepted it, now we can do something about it to make me feel better. <laughs> and... I was really nervous this was going to go that way because I was like, there's no way this Scottish dude's going to be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you time traveled. Nice. But he was. He was like, I mean, you're either lying to me or it happened. So let's go treat it like it happened. Yeah, and why and, would you lie to me? Yeah, we'll, we'll cover you lying to me if that becomes the case. And so many books also, like, just on that same note, so there's so many narratives of, like, it's like the dancing frog from Looney Tunes, right? Yeah. It's like... 
this thing happened to me. I swear it. And then like when they show up to like do something about it, it like won't work. Yeah. Or like it doesn't like trigger. Yeah. Nothing happened. Like, look, every time I turn this li- the light on in the closet, it flickers and a ghost child appears and they do they like test it alone like four times and then they call the husband in and they do it and nothing happens yeah and you know you're like come on ghost hello my baby um (laughs) and it's all just like cheesy cheap ways of drumming up conflict in your story and this doesn't cover doesn't do that so you get through you get to progress the story without having to just like get through this mire of like Okay, Claire, sure, time travel, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to go be an architect now or something. I mean, that's one of the nice things about setting a book in this type of time period, though, because they still believe in witches. So Mm. if he's like, she's like, okay, so I kind of time traveled from like 200 years in the future to be here and it's really awkward and like, sorry, he'd be like, yeah, no, that that checks. Yeah, that that death tracks. I could see that. Yeah, that's legit. <laughs> they don't have concept of like as much technology yeah. as we have. So like all of the things we use to be like, there's no way that's real. They don't have any of that. So they're like, oh yeah, no, okay, sure. And I'm glad checked. I'm glad you mentioned that because that leads me on to, I have two main complaints about the book. It was good. It was good. Uh, but I have two main complaints. One, again, I don't know the Outlander series. I don't know what things happen in the Outlander series. So I don't know how much of this is actually in it and how much of the books this graphic novel covers. Um, that said, it feels like it was trying to cover a lot of content in a short amount of time. True. Because there's multiple times where something seemingly big happens and it's resolved in like two or three pages. It's and, very fast. You're yeah, right. So, like, for instance, there's a scene where Claire and this one other woman get grabbed up because they're witches. And, or the group thinks that yeah. they're witches. And they get, like, thrown in a hole. And, like, two pages later, that's over. <laughs> and it's like, I get that. it It's part of the story and it's part of, like, accepting what the world is. But, like, we could have maybe slowed down a little bit and, like, covered less of the book. Like, I get that she very clearly had a point in the story that she wanted to get to. She wanted to get to the end of the book. Right. Um, But maybe omit some things or like take your time or change up the story enough to where you can get to that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there was like, like Jamie gets captured at one point, like two pages later, he's free. And it's just, it it was very fast. Yeah. You know, and the interpersonal stuff was very slow. Like they took, she took a lot of time with the relationship stuff. Which was nice. It's clear that that's the the focal point of the story, but these other things happen too, and they're big things. Yeah, you know, like when at one point Claire kind of gets caught by the British, and it's mm-hmm. it. I have no idea really what even happens there because it's like a panel, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I guess that was a problem, yeah. and now it's over. I feel like we learn more about the marital beating than we do yeah. about her getting kidnapped uh other complaint it's just kind of hard to avoid <laughs> it's not as bad as it is in media sometimes true um but it is kind of hard to avoid in this and i'm not making a sweeping statement of the overall outlander series i know i did look at wikipedia and read through like the story as it progresses to kind of get an idea of where this book fits in the books I know there is another instance of it, I think, later on, but I don't know if it continues throughout the entire series or if it's in the show. So I'm just talking about this book, really. And in this book, 
There was only like two examples of it because that third one happens after the events of this book. Uh, so there was just really two examples of it. One of them in Jamie telling a story about something that happened to him. And one of them involving this kind of like lechy, weird Smarmy. little Duke man yeah. um, who Jamie goes hunting with. Another thing that's resolved in like three, four pages. Um, <laughs> anyway, there is kind of a running theme of homosexual men are evil slash creepos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they they use homosexuality in this to make someone negative. There's um, a lot of pressure on Jamie being this like super hunk that these dudes that appear to be kind of like either closeted or yeah. just like people of power being yeah. like mm, hunky man. Yeah, so it um that seems to be a theme and it may be a theme that continues throughout the story. I don't know. I'm not again, I'm not trying to dunk on outlander fans and make a sweeping statement but uh it's definitely there like i said it's not as bad as it's sometimes used in media sometimes it's like you know the homosexual man is a complete really gross creepy perv kind of thing um but it definitely the duke kind of tries to solicit services from jamie and it's done in a really like look like at first I was just rich and pompous and now I'm creepy and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then there's another dude who supposedly, according to Jamie, said, hey, I'm going to torture you or you can let me sex you. And Jamie was like, nope, that's not happening. So he tortured him, you know. Yeah. And it's it's presented in a way of like, hey, and I'm not saying that, you know, obviously it is a historical piece. I'm not saying like, oh, people in this book look down on. No, it's not even that. It's the literal narrative frames these homosexual right. moments as very negative. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye out if that kind of stuff triggers you. There also is a couple instances of sexual assault and kind of pretty extreme misogyny. So there's trigger warnings on those. Yeah. Uh, it kind of it makes a little bit of sense in, in two ways. Not that it's a good thing or that we support it or that it makes sense. But contextually... The original Outlander series was written in the very early 90s. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, our opinion on a lot of things has evolved significantly. Yeah. And so that's something to take into consideration that this is based on a book series from the early 90s. Yeah. I mean, fair. And it's supposed to take place a long time ago. So, like, I mean, two if you look factors, at early, of... early Law and Order episodes, you get the same thing popping up from exactly. time to time. Exactly. So not saying that it's good or justified in any way. But saying that contextually, this is probably why. Yeah, but, you know, the graphic novel graphic novel was produced in 2010, so you had mm, time true. to kind of filter that a little bit more. True. You know what I mean? Very true. They definitely could have handled it better. Yeah. Anyway, I liked it. If that sort of thing is your sort of thing, then <laughs> check it out if you're a fan of the show, fan of the books. Highly recommend if you kind of just want more Outlander content. And hey, if you read it, you can let us know how much of it is new and fresh and how much of it is the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we have no idea. I we have don't no have idea. context for it. So, uh, but all in all, it was cool. If you're looking for like a broody romance kind of Fabio covered sort of story, then, you know. It's a very different type of book than what we normally talk about on here. First of all, it's not an Ed Brubaker. So that already makes sense. Second different. of all, it's not a taco. So... <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us. 
Uh, if you like what you heard, you can find more uh, episodes and our regular episodes. And hopefully next week we'll have more uh, comic choices for us to talk about. Uh, you can find all those on our website, coverbpodcast.com. That's right. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at coverbpodcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Uh, get out there and read some comics. Be kind to one another. Try not to touch any magical stones and get transported back in time to a misogynist, broody Scotland. Uh, unless that's your vibe. Unless that's your thing. <laughs> no kink shaming here. As always, I have been Chris. This has been T. Yes, it has. And we've loved having you here for Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.